Runo twenty two of Kalevala, the Land of the Heroes, by Elias Lunrot, translated by William Forsell Kirby, eighteen forty four to nineteen twelve. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Runo twenty two, the tormenting of the bride. Argument: The bride is prepared for her journey and is reminded of her past life and of the altered life that now lies before her. She becomes very sorrowful. They bring her to weeping. She weeps. They comfort her. When the drinking bout was ended, and the feast at length was over, at the festival at Poya, bridal feast held at Pimentola, then said Poyala's old mistress to the bridegroom Ilmarinen, Wherefore sittest thou, highly-born one, waitest thou, O pride of country? Sits thou here to please the father, or for love of mother waitest, or our dwelling to illumine, or the wedding guest to honour? Not for father's pleasure waitst thou, nor for love thou bear'st the mother, nor the dwelling to illumine, nor the wedding guest to honour. Here thou sits for maiden's pleasure, for a young girl's love delaying, for the fair one whom thou longst for, fair one with unbraided tresses bridegroom dearest of my brothers wait a week and yet another for thy loved one is not ready and her toilet is not finished only half her hair is plaited and a half is still unplaited bridegroom dearest of my brothers wait a week and yet another for thy loved one is not ready and her toilet is not finished one sleeve only is adjusted and unfitted still the other bridegroom dearest of my brothers wait a week and yet another for thy loved one is not ready, and her toilet is not finished. For one foot is shod already, but unshod remains the other. Bridegroom dearest of my brothers, wait a week and yet another. For thy loved one is not ready, and her toilet is not finished. For one hand is gloved already, and ungloved is still the other. Bridegroom dearest of my brothers, thou hast waited long unwearied. For thy love at length is ready, and thy duck has made her toilet. Go thou forth, O plighted maiden, follow thou, O dove new-purchased, near to thee is now thy union, nearer still is thy departure. He who leads thee forth is with thee, at the door is thy conductor, and his horse the bit is champing, and his sledge awaits the maiden. Thou wast fond of bridegroom's money, reaching forth thy hands most greedy, glad to take the chain he offered, and to fit the rings upon thee. Now the longed-for sledge is ready eager mount the sledge so gaudy travel quickly to the village quickly speeding on thy journey hast thou never youthful maiden on both sides surveyed the question looked beyond the present moment when the bargain was concluded all thy life must thou be weeping and for many years lamenting how thou left thy father's household and thy native land abandoned from beside thy tender mother from the home of she who bore thee oh the happy life thou leddest in this household of thy father like a wayside flower thou grewest or upon the heath a strawberry waking up to feast on butter milk when from thy bed arising wheaten bread from couch upstanding from thy straw the fresh made butter or if thou could eat no butter strips of pork thou then couldst cut thee never yet wast thou in trouble never hadst thou cause to worry to the fir-trees tossed thou trouble worry to the stumps abandoned care to pine-trees in the marshlands and upon the heaths the birch-trees like a leaflet thou wast fluttering 
as a butterfly was fluttering berry-like in native soil or on open ground a raspberry but thy home thou now art leaving to another home thou goest to another mother's orders to the household of a stranger different there from here thou'lt find it in another house tis different other tunes the horns are blowing other doors thou hearest jarring other gates thou hearest creaking other voices at the fish-lines there the doors thou hardly findest strange unto thee are the gateways not like household daughter art thou may not dare to blow the fire nor the stove canst rightly heaten so that thou canst please the master didst thou think o youthful maiden didst thou think or didst imagine only for a night to wander in the morn again returning tis not for one night thou goest not for one night not for two nights for a longer time thou goest thou for months and days hast vanished lifelong from thy father's dwelling for the lifetime of thy mother and the yard will then be longer and the threshold lifted higher if again thou ever earnest to thy former home returning now the hapless girl was sighing piteously she sighed and panted and her heart was filled with trouble in her eyes the tears were standing and at length she spoke as follows thus i thought and thus imagined and throughout my life imagined said throughout my years of childhood thou art not as made a lady in the wardship of thy parents in the meadows of thy father in thy aged mother's dwelling thou wilt only be a lady when thy husband's home thou seekest resting one foot on the threshold in his sledge the other placing then thy head thou liftest higher and thy ears thou liftest higher this throughout my life i wished for all my youthful days i hoped for and throughout the year i wished it like the coming of the summer now my hope has found fulfilment near the time of my departure one foot resting on the threshold in my husband's sledge the other but i do not yet know rightly if my mind has not been altered not with joyful thoughts i wander nor do i depart with pleasure from the golden home beloved where i passed my life in childhood where i passed my days of girlhood where my father lived before me sadly i depart in sorrow forth i go most sadly longing as into the night of autumn as on slippery ice in springtime when on ice no track remaineth on its smoothness rests no footprint what may be the thoughts of others and of other brides the feelings do not other brides encounter bear within the hearts the trouble such as i unhappy carry blackest trouble rests upon me black as coal my heart within me coal black trouble weighs upon me such the feelings of the blessed such the feelings of the happy as the spring day at its dawning or the sunny spring-day morning but what thoughts do now torment me and what thoughts arise within me like unto a pond's flat margin or of clouds the murky border like the gloomy nights of autumn or the dusky day of winter or as i might better say it darker than the nights of autumn then an old crone of the household in the house for long abiding answered in the words which follow quiet quiet youthful maiden dost remember how i told thee and a hundred times repeated take no pleasure in a lover in a lover's mouth rejoice not do not let his eyes bewitch thee nor his handsome feet admire though his mouth speaks charming converse and his eyes are fair to gaze on yet upon his chin is lempo 
In his mouth there lurks destruction. Thus I always counsel maidens, And to all their kind I counsel, Though great people come as suitors, Mighty men should come as wooers, Yet return them all this answer, And on thy side speak unto them, In such words as these address them, And in this wise speak unto them. Not the least would it beseem me, Not beseem me or become me, As a daughter-in-law to yield me, As a slave to yield my freedom. Such a pretty girl as I am Suits it not to live as slave-girl, To depart consent I never, To submit to rule of others. If another word you utter, I will give you two in answer. If you by my hair would pull me, And you by my locks would drag me, From my hair I'd quickly shake you, From my locks dishevelled drive you. But to this thou hast not hearkened, To my words thou hast not listened, Willfully thou sought'st the fire, In the boiling tar hast cast thee. Now the fox's sledge awaits thee, To the bear's hug art thou going, And the fox's sledge will take thee. Far away the bear convey thee, Ever slave to other masters, Ever slave of husband's mother. From thy home to school thou goest, From thy father's house to suffering. Hard the school to which thou goest, Long the pain to which thou goest, Reins for thee are bought already, Iron fetters all in order. Not for others are they destined, But, alas, for thee unhappy. Shortly wilt thou feel their harshness, Helpless feel and unprotected, For the father's chin is wagging, And the mother's tongue is stormy, And the brother's words are coldness, And the sister's harsh reproaches. Hear, O maiden, what I tell thee, What I speak and what I tell thee, In thy home thou wast a floweret, and the joy of father's household, and thy father called thee moonlight, and thy mother called thee sunshine, and thy brother sparkling water, and thy sister called thee blue cloth. To another home thou goest, there to find a stranger mother. Never is a stranger mother like the mother who has borne thee. Seldom does she give good counsel, seldom gives the right instructions. Sprig the father shouts against thee, slut the mother calls unto thee, and the brother calls thee doorstep and the sister nasty creature. Now the best that could await thee, best the fate that could await thee, if as fog thou wert dispersing, from the house like smoke departing, blown like leaf away that flutters, as a spark away is drifted. But a bird that flies thou art not, nor a leaf away that flutters, nor a spark in draughts that's drifting, nor the smoke from house ascending. Lack a day, O maid, my sister, Changed hast thou, and what are changing? Thou hast changed thy much-loved father for a father-in-law, a bad one. Thou hast changed thy tender mother for a mother-in-law most stringent. Thou hast changed thy noble brother for a brother-in-law so crook-necked, and exchanged thy gentle sister for a sister-in-law all cross-eyed, and hast changed thy couch of linen for a sooty hearth to rest on, and exchanged the clearest water for the muddy margin-water, and the sandy shore hast bartered for the black mud at the bottom, and thy pleasant meadow bartered for a dreary waste of heathland, and thy hills of berries bartered for the hard stumps of a clearing. Didst thou think, O youthful maiden, think, O dove, full-fledged at present, care would end and toil be lessened with a party of this evening, when to rest thou shalt betake thee, and to sleep thou art conducted? But to rest they will not lead thee, nor to sleep will they conduct thee. Naught awaits thee now but watching, naught awaits thee now save trouble. Heavy thoughts will come upon thee, saddened thoughts will overwhelm thee. 
Long as thou didst wear no headdress, wert thou also free from trouble. When no linen veil waved round thee, thou wast also free from sorrow. Now the headdress brings thee trouble, heavy thoughts the linen fabric, and the linen veil brings sorrow, and the flax brings endless trouble. How may live at home a maiden, made in father's house abiding, like a monarch in his palace, only that the sword is wanting, but a son's wife's fate is dismal. With her husband she is living as a prisoner lives in Russia, only that the jailer's wanting. Work she must in working season, and her shoulders stoop with weakness, and her body faints with weakness, and with sweat her face is shining. Then there comes another hour when there's need to make the fire, and to put the hearth in order she must force her hands to do it. Long must seek this girl unhappy, long the hapless one must seek for salmon's mind and tongue of perchling and her thoughts from perch and fish-pond mouth of bream of chub the belly and from water-hen learn wisdom tis beyond my comprehension nine times can i not imagine to the mother's much-loved daughters best beloved of all her treasures whence should come to them the spoiler where the greedy one was nurtured eating flesh and bones devouring to the wind their hair abandoning and their tresses wildly tossing to the wind of springtime gives them weep thou weep thou joyful maiden when thou weepest weep thou sorely weep thyself of tears a handful fill thy fists with tears of longing drop them in thy father's dwelling pools of tears upon the flooring till the room itself is flooded and above the floor in billows if thou weepest yet not freely, thou shalt weep when thou returnest, when to father's house thou comest, and shalt find thy aged father suffocated in the bathroom, neath his arm a dried-up bath-whisk. Weep thou, weep thou, youthful maiden, when thou weepest, weep thou sorely. If thou weepest not yet freely, thou shalt weep when thou returnest, when to mother's house thou comest, and thou find'st thy aged mother suffocated in the cowshed in her dying lap a straw sheaf weep thou weep thou youthful maiden when thou weepest weep thou sorely if thou weepest yet not freely thou shalt weep when thou returnest when to this same house thou comest and thou find'st thy rosy brother fallen in the porch before it in the courtyard helpless fallen weep thou weep thou youthful maiden and when thou weepest weep thou sorely if thou weepest yet not freely thou shalt weep when thou returnest when to this same house thou comest and thou find'st thy gentle sister fallen down upon the pathway and beneath her arm a mallet then the poor girl broke out sobbing and a while she sobbed and panted and she soon commenced her weeping pouring forth her tears in torrents then she wept of tears a handful filled her fists with tears of longing wet she wept her father's dwelling pools of tears upon the flooring and she spoke the words which follow and expressed herself in this wise o oh, my sisters dearest to me of my life the dear companions all companions of my childhood listen now to what i tell you tis beyond my comprehension why i feel such deep oppression making now my life so heavy why this trouble weighs upon me why this darkness rests upon me how i should express my sorrow otherwise i thought and fancied wished it different all my lifetime thought to go as goes the cuckoo crying cuckoo from the hilltops now the day i have attained to come the time that i had wished for but i go not like the cuckoo crying cuckoo from the hilltops 
more as duck amid the billows on the wide bay's open waters swimming in the freezing water shivering in the icy water woe my father and my mother woe alas my aged parents whither would you now dismiss me drive a wretched maid to sorrow make me thus to weep for sorrow overburdened thus with trouble with distress so heavy burdened and with care so overloaded better o unhappy mother better dearest who hast borne me o thou dear one who hast suckled nurtured me throughout my lifetime hadst thou swaddled up a tree stump and hast bathed a little pebble rather than have watched thy daughter and have swaddled up thy darling for this time of great affliction and of this so grievous sorrow many speak unto me elsewise many counsel me in this wise do not fool give way to sorrow let not gloomy thoughts oppress thee do not o ye noble people do not speak to me in this wise far more troubles weigh upon me than in a cascade are pebbles than in swampy ground the willows or the heath upon the marshland never can a horse pull forward and a shod horse struggle onward and the sledge sway not behind him and the collar shall not tremble even thus i feel my trouble and oppressed by dark forebodings from the floor there sang an infant from the hearth a growing infant wherefore dost thou weep o maiden yielding to such grievous sorrow cast thy troubles to the horses sorrow to the sable gelding leave complaints to mouths of iron lamentations to the thick heads better heads indeed have horses better heads and bones much harder for their arching necks are firmer all their frame is greatly stronger no thou hast no cause for weeping nor to yield to grievous sorrow to the marsh they do not lead thee push thee not into the ditches leavest thou these fertile cornfields yet to richer fields thou goest though they take thee from the brewery tis to where the ales abundant if around thee now thou gazest just beside thee where thou standest there thy bridegroom stands to guard thee by thy side thy ruddy husband good thy husband good his horses all things needful fill his cellars and the grouse are loudly chirping on the sledge as glides it onwards and the thrushes make rejoicing as they sing upon the traces and six golden cuckoos likewise flutter on the horse's collar seven bluebirds are also perching on the sledge's frame and singing do not yield thee thus to trouble o thou darling of thy mother for no evil fate awaits thee but in better case thou comest sitting by thy farmer husband underneath the ploughman's mantle neath the chin of the breadwinner in the arms of skilful fisher warm from chasing elk on snowshoes and from bathing after bear hunt thou hast found the best of husbands and hast won a mighty hero for his bow is never idle neither on the pegs his quivers and the dogs in house he leaves not nor in hay lets rest the puppies three times in the spring already in the earliest hours of morning as he stood before the fire rising from his couch of bushes three times in the spring already on his eyes the dew has fallen and the shoots of pine trees combed him and the branches brushed against him all his people he exhorted to increase his flocks in number for indeed the bridegroom owneth flocks that wander through the birchwoods tramp their way among the sandhills seek for pasture in the valleys hundreds of the horned cattle thousands with their well-filled udders on the plains are stacks in plenty in the valley crops abundant alder woods for cornlands suited meadows where the barley's springing stony land for oats that's suited 
watered regions fit for wheat fields, all rich gifts and peace await thee, pennies plentiful as pebbles. End of Runo 22, recording by expatriate in Bangor, Maine.